We're not singing, we're just dancing. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm Harry. And I'm Tim. And this is Trax. <laughs> Alright mate. Hello there. How's it going? Uh pretty good, thanks. How are you? I'm very, very well. Wicked. Thank you very much. Feeling a little bit nippy as yeah. we sit here. This is I think our first slightly autumnal wintry recording session. Which is weird because it's not autumn yet. It feels it today. I though. was doing I was just on, on the bus or something the other day and I was looking at trees and I was like, I'm now old enough to know when it's autumn and there are no leaves on the floor. <laughs> so well done mate. How old it's taken you all this time to realise that no, if there's leaves on the trees, it's not autumn yet. <laughs> You're not. I don't know the dates. Autumn is, like, officially here. I think it's still summer, technically speaking. Yeah, it is, I think, until, like, near the end of September. Have kids gone back to school yet? No, I think it's next week or something. Oh. Well, then it's definitely still summer. Yeah. No doubt in it. I'm just prematurely uh, wishing it away, but we, it's, like, nine o'clock, it's pitch black, and I've got, like, a little bit of a nippiness coming through the window. Yeah, do you want me to shut the window? Is that no, it's all right. Okay. <laughs> but I'm starting to think I'm probably going to have to start wearing socks soon. And yeah. I'm not looking forward to it. The bare ankles have been going strong for quite a few weeks, months now. I imagine you as a kind of non-sock winter boy. I do sometimes. Be a, a really bad be a non-sock winter boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's the non-sock winter boy. <laughs> that is my superpower. I've got very resilient ankles. Your powers are just making people slightly colder. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I steal your socks. <laughs> that's my attack on you. Um, but yeah, that's always for me a moment where I think I'm going to have to put some proper socks on soon. Mm. It's like, right. Have you got those little... Yeah, I've got little on. invisible socks on. Yeah. Don't want to have sweaty feet. They creep me out, they do. Because when, when you haven't got them on their feet, they look like little doll slippers. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're so minuscule. There are so many things about them that are like... Can you show me them? Poor. Show um, me one. They've got like a little rubber bit on the heel as well, which I always find a bit odd. That's mad. Yeah. I would feel that and I would that would annoy me. When I very first started wearing them, I did, but now uh no. See that's mental. <laughs> <laughs> Ballerina boy. <laughs> it's not very good. You're curling your toes. <laughs> Stop yeah, it. I don't know, because there's like a bit of me that's gone all coy and is like trying to hide them. It's not very good podcast material, this anyway. But back. yeah, they're like when uh, when you've got your shoes on, it looks fine. But it was when I first started dating my girlfriend, and I'd go around to her house, and I'd kind of forget that I had them on, and then I'd like take my shoes off and kind of sit on the bed. It's like, do I go barefoot? No. Like smelly feet. That's horrible. But then I've just got to sit there with these, and I I can tell. There's definitely a smell in the air now. Maybe I, put that yeah. shoe back on. <laughs> yeah, I've asked her before if she likes them. She said no. But, no, they're weird. <laughs> they're like the the Crocs of the socks world. Yeah, they are. Um, but I I just I just like the the bare leg look. Yeah, no, it's a good look. I'm going for lots of uh, high sh- high socks now. How high? <laughs> Up to your peenie. Um, <laughs> no, just I kind of like the kind of higher trouser white socks, black socks look. You're doing you're doing white socks quite a lot at the moment. Yeah, well, I bought a big big old pack. When you arrived at the pub the other day, you gave us quite a long, extensive lowdown of how you tried to balance the two halves of your outfit, and the, and the white socks were key in you doing they that. They were, because I, I had my white socks on, so I thought I could only really wear, because I had to wear shoes. It was very rainy on Sunday. Oh, my so word, it was raining. I couldn't wear my black shoes, because they got a bit of a hole in them at the bottom. Um, 
which probably gets a bit like <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, they look fine apart from the weird how I think I got like a puncture or something um, that's <laughs> it's a thing like you touch the bottom of the shoe it kind of collapses inwards it's weird yeah puncture yeah yeah. It's, it's hard. hard. Yeah. <laughs> Lightning McQueen. Vroom, vroom. Um, anyway, so I had to, had to wear the white socks with those because they were light coloured shoes. And then the trousers were black, so I had to have a lighter top. <laughs> so I yeah, had to go is... for a white shirt. I didn't really pay attention last time, and it's happened again. Um, okay. But yeah, you looked good. I can tell you that much. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but have you been up so much this week? <laughs> um, yeah, a little, little bit here, a little bit there. Um, Doing doing lots of friends' birthdays. Everyone's birthdays seem to be now. What's nine months previous to this? What number of months is this? Eight. Eight, yeah. Christmas, Christmas babies. babies. They're all Christmas babies. Of course they are. Yeah, everyone's cosy enough. Because all the people's birthdays are all quite bar humbuggy at the moment. <laughs> oh, oh, they know. Apologies to those people. Yeah. Um, yeah, nice little thing on uh, Tuesday. Ended up standing on my mate's sofa. Um, and then went out on Thursday to a Warner Music party. Um, nice. Which how was that? It was ridiculous. Like, like not not the party. That was nice, but they had it in this building in London, very corporate. It wasn't actually a Warner building. It was in a different kind of company. But Jesus, we had to go in. You have to get like tickets made up to put around your neck, and then you had to go through like some glass doors with a code on them but we didn't know the code so we had to go up this lift and we went to this room we where there's like it's like in hotels and things where you walk through and there's like six or three four like um escalators on both sides right and then just a main door which was closed so then we were locked in there <laughs> then we got back in the lift went back up and then got locked in another corridor and it was all the way outside the other end of the building and it was just we had to keep knocking on the door and waiting for people so it took us once we actually got in the building only should have taken us five minutes to get there. It took us about 20 minutes. Then we had to go back outside for a second and come back up again. That took another 20 minutes. It was just a little bit much. Wow. These that bloody seems, parties. That doesn't seem like... That just seems weird for a party. Yeah, well, it was just difficult to get to, but it was funny. Because we were a bit yeah. drunk and it was all very funny that we, could, we couldn't we <laughs> could get anywhere. Um, <laughs> That's nice, then. Yeah, it was a nice little bonding moment. Um, big news. I. It was one of the nights where I decided to myself that I'm I'm going to probably move to London. Yeah, we are being separated, listeners. But yeah. fear not, it doesn't mean the end of the podcast by any means. Yeah, but we've, we've already got methods. Harry is flying the nest. Yeah. How do like you feel about that, that um, decision? A little bit, uh, not scared, but cautious. Um, but very much looking forward to never having, never having to mention trains again on the podcast. That'll I bet be a you plus. will. You'll just talk about tube trains instead. <laughs> No, tubes are... I hate tubes anyway, so yeah. it's not like I have anything new to say about them. You don't have anything new to say about normal trains either. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the same stuff. Um, I'm looking forward to that overall, though, because I get some more time to do to do me. Yeah, and you do you, man. Do some, I get, like, a hopefully a big room that I can kind of kit out with, like, all my music stuff. I'm going to buy an electric drum kit. Of course you are. Yeah, that's exactly already, what I would expect you to do. I've already seen the one I want. <laughs> um, so I'm going to make some stuff and I get like two hours extra in the morning, two hours extra at night. It's going to be lovely. Yeah, I'm excited for you. I'm not going to lie. I had a little cry to myself on Sunday night. At the did. news, it was heartbreaking, but I think it's going to be really cool. To be honest, I'm going to be down there. Well, this was your claim. You After telling us you were leaving, you were like, 
so I'm going to come down on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and most weekends. I was like, are you even leaving? <laughs> I get that's not necessarily true, but I will. I do want to come down for Wednesday football. Yeah, like oh, play it up, play it up there. Well, this is the new part of our lives, which yeah, let's let's get into that. Basically, I'm moving to London. It's going to be fun. Wednesday football. Yeah, we now play sports. Yeah, we do the sporting. Um, regular listeners will know that we are like sports fans, football fans in yeah. particular. So it's not like out of our wheelhouse, but actually doing regular exercise is <laughs> that's a new thing. It's been years. What was it like that first day? So we've been playing. You've played two weeks now. <laughs> we're already like, we are so fit. <laughs> we're footballers now. What was that like getting home after that first game? Or what was it like five minutes into that first game? Five minutes into the first game, I was I was just like, oh, I thought I was okay fitness levels, but I was struggling. I mean, I'm, to be honest, I've had a bit of a bear because the first week I was just knackered and the second week I injured myself <laughs> in the warm-up. First week I injured myself after five minutes. Second week, I did all right, but not good. It's very much like I'm knackered. I'll go and go for ten minutes. Yeah, like which everybody did. Yeah, everyone's like, do you want to do you want to come out and go yet? Yeah, no, no, I need another five. They're like, well, hurry up, would you? Because I really need to go and go. Yeah, it's knackering. I know. I do but, feel a bit like a. It, it's made me feel a bit like an old man. Hmm. Like generally, I feel quite youthful and sprightly, but yeah, the kind of lumbering around a football pitch and not really being able to do the things I could do when I was younger. I thought like, I when by the time we finish though and I'm like a bit knackered and stuff, I feel great. Yeah, I guess that's just that's why people love sports. It's the endorphins, they feel isn't good. It? They yeah. get they, it's all rushing through your body and you're all excited. I'm just like, oh, I've done something, and it's yeah. really nice to whack a ball when you haven't done it for a year yeah, or I so. I know until it makes your thigh <laughs> snap in half like mine did, or <laughs> <laughs> oh, your calf just cramps up. <laughs> well, um, terrible, but yeah, it's good. Time. We're and we're all right. Like um, we're yeah. by no means a pair of Pele's, but we're no, like but the standard has been pretty good. Last week was a good game of football. It was a very good game. Sometimes a goal scored, and I'm just like, "Well done, everyone!" <laughs> yeah, I know. I keep just being like, "Woo!" <laughs> that was like six passes. Someone just knocked it in the bottom corner. We are brilliant. We should yeah. start touring. <laughs> yeah, let's not do that. Competition styley. That's the thing. If we then went and like kind of got ourselves together and started a team to like play in a league we'd immediately get yeah, I mean, thumps and that, this feeling of <laughs> level would disappear well, I guess that's the good thing where everyone, there's 10 people and we're all pretty much the same level of fitness there's a, a few that are kind of have a have a bit on everyone yeah and they stand out like a sore thumb don't they? <laughs> yeah. the ones who can run just knock it past you like Jesus <laughs> calm, calm down <laughs> mate we're all friends here it's a bit of fun <laughs> god he's so up himself <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's been yeah. it's been good. You're getting a bit of wear out of those trainers. Yeah, finally. Uh, yeah, it's three nice. times I've worn them now. Gonna have to get some new ones. <laughs> I genuinely, was looking at new ones as well recently. Why? I'm not gonna get them. Okay, but I've just been don't. looking at they they've re-released those like old predators. Oh yeah, I have seen those. They are good. Mm. I think that's a killing it at the moment. They really are. Mm. They are reissues. Oh, you know what we want. Yeah. So normally around about now we'd get into our musical highlights of the week but this week we've kind of shared one and it's inspired everything we're going to talk about Mm. am i right in saying that you would be correct if you said that so really we are going to dive straight in to the main meat of this week's episode so we're going to do something that we hadn't done since way 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 back in august 2016 Two years and a bit more. 
Can you believe I was okay. eight? I know. When we started this fair podcast. Um, but back then, it was the day that the Maccabees had split up. Mm. And we decided to make our own little tribute to them. It was called Happy Faces. And in that, we went through every album they had ever made up to that point and talked about our connection to each one and just why we loved the Maccabees. And the release of a certain record uh, by one Jamie Alexander Trays, also known as Jamie T this week, has got us thinking that we absolutely love Jamie T and we grew up with him and he really uh, influenced us. Influenced? Influenced. <laughs> he really influenced us <laughs> in the manner manner was. Um, so <laughs> we're going to do an episode about him because I think... He's one of those artists that, here in England, massive. Like, uh, within a certain age group, so popular, so well-known, so universally loved. But I think, for our international listeners, probably not one that has hit their radar that many times. Definitely, as far as I'm concerned, never broke America. No. I mean, a lot of people don't, but I think generally, he... he, There's something very... We'll come to it. But... (laughs) uh, So this week, we're going to go through... Each record in honour of the release of, I think I mentioned what it was called. It was it's a set of B-sides, basically, that mm-hmm. he's uh, released this week, ranging from uh, 2006 to 2017. So 11 years worth of B-sides, which really isn't actually that many. No, I mean, considering <laughs> he had said, uh, I think I read in an interview that he'd written within those, he, he had some time off, which we'll get into. I think he wrote like 150 tracks or something there, yeah. so... Uh, yeah, so anyway, Jamie T's our highlight of the week, and we're going to dedicate this entire episode to him. So way back in 2006, uh, Jamie T, he's this South London act, and he's starting to tour around a little bit, play a load of kind of little gigs, uh, and put out some music and build a little bit of momentum for himself. He put out an EP back then called Betty and the Selfish Sons, Um which actually a song from those sessions I have discovered is on this new set of B-sides. It's called Living With Betty. And it's actually, it's really cool. It's one I hadn't heard before at all, but I really like it. It's quite simple, quite minimal. Um, and I guess uh, very similar to what he was doing at that time, quite rough kind of music. But all this was really building towards the next year when his debut came out, Panic Prevention. It came out on the 29th of January, 2007. I was 16. How old are you, Harry? 14 good ages both of us good ages um and for me it was a real kind of revelation that record it was it was huge amongst my peer group for a start it it really really blew up very very quickly off the back of one particular song being Sheila but generally just it it just caught a mood of the time I think what are your memories of it coming out um I I can't remember quite rightly if I would have heard it the year it came out. Um, what was what? How old are you? What year are you in when you're fourteen? Uh, well, probably year eight, year nine. Yeah, yeah. So maybe I think around the time I found Arctic Monkeys, so kind of year year nine, ten. Yeah, it would have been around then. Hmm. Um, yeah, my first memories. I mean, I've talked about this kind of stuff before, but a lot of people I hung around with didn't really like the music I liked and I spent a lot of the time explaining why I liked the music and it wasn't pop so I didn't really have people to really share this stuff with so I had I had a very kind of self realized self encapsulating uh, memory of this album like it's it's pretty much just 
it was one, <laughs> one you would listen to in isolation more than like sharing yeah. with people is that what you're trying to say to yeah, us yeah and it took me until I kind of talked to you and Jack's mates a little bit more to really realise that there was actually a bit of a fan base behind Jamie T yeah and obviously we're we live very close to South London um, mm. so in our particular area it I think it probably did blow up maybe the more he maybe more than he did in the north and things like that but what was great about this record is it it covered so many different types of music so many different genres that mm. there was something there for everyone like it basically it was a kind of garagey punk yeah i mean uh, indie record but interestingly it was kind of it was it signifies the things I was into at that age. So it was the beginning of me liking, starting to discover indie. Yeah. But at the same time, I was just falling away from a lot of hip hop and rap yeah. and stuff like that. So it was kind of meeting in the middle somewhere. Um, yeah. And that, and things that are still kind of, um, in some ways feel fresh and new even now, like having that very, uh, very London accent in there. He's very, he's very expressive with his, um, proper. Yeah. Proper. Um, and it's really part of the charm of what he does. Yeah. Um, we're going to kind of talk a bit more about why we love him as we go, but at this point, as we've got quite far into the episode, I'm going to say, shall we play a track from this album and then we'll talk a bit more about it? Yeah. Does that sound good to you? Would you like to pick one? I am going to go with Calm Down Dearest. It's one of my favourite tracks of his of all time. Yeah. Uh, favourite video of his of all time. And uh, I think that's a good way to, good place to start. Yeah, definitely, and one of the one of the sort of slower ones as well because it it's yeah. um, it's definitely one of my favourites on the album too, but not necessarily that representative of everything else that's on there. No, um, but yeah, great tune. No, let's, let's stick it on. Nice, calm down, dearest, Jamie T. Big bang, where we going? What we doing this night? For drunk already, maybe drink got spiked, but more likely of the like that I'm just a lightweight. But I don't care, man. Forever isolated hatred, isolated pages, isolated worthwhile cages, stages. I know love my rage. This is a good sight. Let's not dancing to this song, man. A good one, DJ, play the record on, man.
tried the days of music Like old holiday I remember what we're doing then I don't remember now It's the past, it's the future I don't know how to carry on Through the rights and wrongs And kick it like we know the songs Already before we walk steady down And on the dance floor And I don't get no fights When I get angry drunk I sit down in the corner And I soak my fuck Starting us off, uh, Calm Down Dearest by Jamie T, of course. Um, there's a little thing I want to say about this, because I reckon this is around the first time where I discovered uh, Mike Skinner, or The Streets, and stuff like yeah. that. And that kind of stuff might even have been like my first foray into just music that didn't sound like an overly produced yeah. pop kind of thing, that sounded a bit scuzzy. You know, I wasn't into punk as a kid. I didn't really know that kind of stuff. So it, it might it might have even been my first look into that kind of world. Yeah, absolutely. There's a few things that I really love about that. Like, one is the fact that he... Each of his songs are very much telling a story about, like, a certain a certain feeling or a certain night or a certain thing, something like that. And I love the fact that on the first verse of that... Uh, he's talking about being drunk and he's kind of slurring his words. He's like playing mm. this, this drunk night out Jamie kind of character. Um, I think that's really cool. And it's kind of from, a, from a brand new artist basically to be already kind of playing around with different versions of how he can use his voice and how he can use the inflection on stuff. I think is really, really cool. Yeah. And it, it's a weird thing because we said, we talk a lot about um, around that time being 
listening to his music and finding stuff to relate to. And you might think, well, at 14 and 16, what are you doing relating to that? But those are the kind of years that you start to hear about those kind of things. And, yeah. and do you do kind of find yourself in that world a little bit in some way, shape or form. 16, I was starting to like drink in parks and stuff yeah. like that. That was kind of what I was up to. Yeah. Going up the downs with a bottle of vodka between like five of us. And like Getting spinning, absolutely hammered. Yeah, and like spinning around in circles to make it go to your head quicker. Like that, <laughs> that is what we're doing. And I think that was why it kind of struck a chord with me so much. Um, that, yeah, it... it he felt absolutely like a contemporary, even mm. probably, probably more than any artist I'd, uh, new artist that I'd heard so far at that point. Um, it really, really felt like, uh, yeah, like someone I could kind of imagine being one of us. Um, I also like the fact that, because we all know he's a bit, you can already hear it from there. He's a little bit layery. He's a bit of like, he's kind of streetwise. Kind of, yeah. yeah. But there's, you get in that song, you get a kind of the mix of two things which he is all the way through his career which is kind of that sort of lairiness mixed with a real tenderness um Mm. because i like the way that he finishes the verses with who the fuck are you and then he goes it's heavy it's on my mind it's like it's kind of um yeah you can be both at that age yeah and also instrumentation wise it's like who the fuck are you almost kind of uh, in, uh, orchestral kind of yeah. instrumentation and at that age you kind of you're a bit scared of everything but you're kind of trying to act like act you tough. can be one of the lads and yeah I'm yeah. a bit tough and like all those things when actually and he kind of he encapsulated both of those things um, and yeah I think that was probably why it struck such a chord at mm. such a young age um, the song I'd like to play comes very close after that I think in the track listing uh, it's Salvador which yeah. is kind of the other end of what was on that record. I mean, there's so many um, great moments, but this one for me particularly, I think it the way it just drives through, um, it's got this brilliant, brilliant beat. Have you seen the video to this as well? Yeah, it's the little kid dancing yeah, in front of the van, right? Um, there's a, and it's all dark at night, if I remember yeah. rightly. I haven't seen it for years and years and years, but he's got like a parka coat on or something, mm. and he's like just walking down this street. Like miming along to it and yeah. stuff. It's great. Um, it's really, really cool. Um, and I think it kind of... There's little moments again, which what I was kind of almost said earlier, but I wanted to save it for this point, was that maybe the reason he doesn't translate so well uh, across the rest of the world is because there's something kind of quintessentially British about what he's talking about and who he is as a character. There's one of the lines in this, which is uh, singing up the blues in a locked box bedroom. And like, not only is it really like delivered really nicely, it's got a little bounce to it and the wordplay's cool, but like yeah. something about yeah being stuck in a box bedroom and like wanting to express himself and you can sort of hear his frustration building and building through the track and there's um, a, there's a there's a line in the in the next album but it's uh the one that always sticks with me featherweight champion cheap to get pissed that's yeah. a very like kind of british wee, fucking cheap wee. yeah um yeah that, that's good that bit where it's like yeah. the boys across the the platform shouting lightweight prick yeah. <laughs> yeah um but there there is something so british about him and i and i do wonder how um how relatable that some of that must feel to people from different backgrounds i think because we're probably sort of socioeconomically geographically very similar um kind of groups to him it probably really hits home with us but i think yeah to the rest of britain it clearly has too um so this is a really great track and i think between the two that we've picked from the first album from panic prevention i think we're probably giving people who don't know jamie t a pretty good 
uh, introduction to what this record was about. Yeah. So cool. This is Salvador. From here to Salvador, which was, I think the, I, I'm right in saying the third single, no, the fourth single, in fact, from mm. uh, Panic Prevention. So first was Sheila, second was If You Got The Money, which I know for you, Harry, was a big, big favourite from that record. Yeah. Then come Calm Down Dearest, then Salvador. Um, and then there was a bit of a hiatus. I saw him in this kind of interlude for the first ever time uh, at Concord 2 in Brighton. Um, and he played pretty much all of Panic Prevention cover to cover. It was brilliant he had um 
think maybe only a three-piece band i seem to remember at the mm. time um it was really scuzzy really um really high energy i seem to remember him as well like just kicking uh, <laughs> like a cup like a beer into the crowd and again i was young and it just felt like exciting Rock and scary <laughs> yeah. um yeah i can't Concord's a great place to see him. Yeah, I can't remember who we went with because I was de- I definitely had to go with someone older. It might have been one of my mum's friends or something like that. Really? But yeah, it was really cool and it felt like it felt great. I think I went on a school night as well. Ooh. And like yeah, just going in the next time I was like, yeah, I want to see Jamie too. Yeah. <laughs> it was really cool. Um so yeah, it, and then it was two and a half years until the next album came out. Uh Kings and Queens it was called. Mm. That came out in 2009. 2009, September 2009. So, yeah, quite a big gap. And interestingly, you'd probably by that point got into the first album, had time to get yeah. there to get, ca- you know, maybe catch up those couple of years and now fully ready for yeah, for what was I it? actually remember it being a shock. Just cuz I wasn't really the world's a little bit different now. Like you wouldn't unless you kind of got magazines and things you didn't really go online and there wasn't a, a build up as much as there is now in like you're not on Twitter and you know that there's an album coming for the next six months Yeah. so it was a little bit of a shock that it just kind of appeared and maybe he was on the front cover of an, an enemy and it was like oh new album yeah peak enemy times these mm. um, yeah I remember the first single coming out from it which was Sticks and Stones which you mentioned yeah. a minute ago and just loving it immediately it had like um it had so it was so catchy and had such a sort of vibe to it. I, I another thing I remember from that was it was it must have been back in like Limewire days or something because I the version I got of that had um, Zane Lowe at the beginning saying this is the hardest record in the world right yeah. now. <laughs> and then it went into the beginning of the tune. Um, so that yeah that was the only version of I had of it for ages. Zane Lowe was a big champion of his music. Yeah, big fan. A lot of things I've read. Um, and actually a cool guy I would like to point that out Zane Lowe is cool I, yeah, I, I used to find him quite annoying on him quite a bit yeah in the past but uh, yeah because I used to find him really annoying but I'd, he just likes all the music I like yeah but he's also like produced stuff he's like made music himself like he's mm. genuinely a and dude you should find him on Instagram because he's always like just filming his kids in his like like just drumming and like making songs and stuff and he's like he's going to have some talented kids Nice. I've probably seen so much and met so many cool people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I apologise, I know, for if I have shit on you in the past. Yeah. I've now come around. You're now welcome. <laughs> um, yeah. So what are your memories of Kings and Queens? I have a very vivid memory of going to... I mean, I've talked about this stuff before that I, I kind of wore my music taste on my sleeve. I was very proud of what I liked. And I remember getting the album downloading it somehow probably didn't or maybe I bought it I can't remember maybe it was LimeWire days like you say and having it on my little iPod video and walking to college and I remember just down the just down the road here turn left turn right you get the little alleyway yeah and it came on so it opens up with 368 and I was just like yeah this is this is good I think I got to British in, British intelligence and I was like I'm this is like one of my favourite things ever yeah. and I would remember listening to it throughout college that day and like I was sat in photography and just just went through the album yeah like once because it's 46 minutes long this one first yeah. one was like an hour and 10 yeah it was a big it was next a big 3.45 big piece of, big piece of work I mean that in a mm. good way the first album loads yeah. there um, 
Yeah, I remember it. One of the my kind of abiding memories of this, it, it came out just after I uh, got a driving license for the first time. So nice. I, and I had it on CD. And yeah, wherever I had it. Um, so I just used to play really loud all the time as yeah. I was badly driving around. I think I did have this on CD because I've always remembered the the artwork very vividly. So Which I is really I cool. It's like this circular thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Something about that's really vivid in my memory as well. Um, but this, I. I'm loath to say that any Jamie T album is my favourite ever Jamie T album because they've all got their own uh, different merits. But this is probably, in terms of like loving every single song, yeah, this is probably the strongest. I would say, I would tend to agree with you. I feel like this is the one where he really honed in on what he was good at, yeah, and he just made, he made a piece of art that was just that was just him, yeah. And it just made perfect sense from start to finish, and it just, it was, it was a very very well made bit of work. Yeah, production so, values went up, everything just went up a level. Yeah, because you become a bit of a star by that point. Um, mm. You know, obviously from how how uh, strongly it resonated with young kids, the first time, of course, he was going to get pushed to the next one. They could see that he was, you know, a star in the making. But this one, I think, it really established him as. Well, he probably would have had a lot more behind him. In yeah, terms exactly. Of being able to make something. Yeah, but lost none of the edge that no. made us love him in the first place. So I'm going to ask you a bit of an impossible question. I'm not going to say what's your favourite song from the album, but what okay. song from the album would you like to play? I'm going to play one now that I'm... Yeah, like you say, it's there's so many I want to choose off this, but I'm going to play one that always stuck with me because it was around the years I was learning guitar and stuff, and it was a side of Jamie that I probably hadn't seen before. And it always it's always stuck with me, so I'm going to play Emily's Heart because cool. it's just a very sweet song. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's let's put that one on. Nice, I like this one. Nice one. A bottle of wine and old forty fives, rifle in the corner that her grandfather left her when he died. Said no surprise, I've had to use it quite a few times. So Jay, don't you ever let us down? Don't you ever? I'll have to shoot you and no one will hear a sound Bruised and bloody, I'm lying on the ground I am aware that I let the poor girl down Now I'm dying as a message to the town This what happens if you fuck around And the medal you want trouble, trouble, then you should meddle. But don't ever meddle with Emily's heart. She said, Get your coat, come on. So the dog tried with the money wrap. Yeah, well, we had some fun. Left with more, cause we won. I was under investigation On suspicion of doing her wrong She said You've become a villain Accused of a hit and run Said Hit me first and I Say it's the worst that I ever felt In a broken heart Said Blood stains on a shirt crease Oh, she pays the dues 
when I left, she said, for your last breath will be down by the station or two. So she shot me down. Bruised and bloody, I'm lying on the ground. I am aware that I let the poor girl down. Now I'm dying as a message to the town. This what happens if you fuck around. So meddle, if you want trouble, trouble then you should meddle. But don't ever meddle with Emily's heart. She said I'm a user and she's a loser with a gun. I said if you choose to, it becomes hard to include anyone. So if you stay, put it away, or should I run? She said I think you know the answer to your question. So for the smiles and all of the miles, the engine's done. And the further I drive away, the closer we become. So if I stay, would you put it away and forgive just one son? She said, Jay, I think you know the answer to your question. Bruised and bloody, I'm lying on the ground. I am aware that I let the poor girl down. Now I'm dying as a message to the town. This what happens if you fuck around. So meddle if you want trouble. Trouble then you should meddle. But don't ever meddle with Emily's heart. So that was Emily's Heart by Jamie T, and it's it's a beautifully sweet album. It's it's kind of thick with well thought out. Um, parts and instrumentation the way when he's talking when he's kind of doing the voice of a certain character in it things change up a bit when he goes back to him they go back again and it's 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 a story it's so vivid isn't it yeah um the imagery in it's really cool and again some of those little uh just the the way he expresses things like um i love i love the line uh, I was under investigation on suspicion of doing it wrong. wrong yeah. It's kind of because he's talking about a relationship, but he makes it sound like he's <laughs> going to jail. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like little vignettes, each one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's it's a it's a brilliant, brilliant tune. Um, mm. And to be able to do, you know, go from that to the kind of songs that I'm thinking well, about picking for this. What I loved about it so much is that it was just this little moment of the album. Yeah, and there are soft moments and stuff in there, but it's when you have a song like Sticks and Stones on that album as well it really kind of you get all the different variations of what he can deliver in one little piece of music it's, it's wonderful yeah absolutely um, so yeah Sticks and Stones would be one choice but I think that's quite well known so I'm maybe not going to go for that one mm-hmm. Spider's Web would be another because that would have been my other because it's got a real kind of stream of consciousness lyrics um, and kind of cool little lines about um like kids on the strips in Gaza laugh at me in my pyjamas I can't remember what, yeah. exactly what it is but all these like again just like funny little things that he picks out and ways of expressing it that I love mm. um, 
But I'm going to go for Chakademus because I just think nice. it's kind of the bounciest and the most fun. Um, and it also, it kind of, it shows the kind of swagger I think he had with the second album. Um, even talking about same shit band, too much hype, like all those kind of things. Yeah. Like he, he played up to it. He became the the kind of slightly cocky but lovable lad that that we all kind of wanted to be, I guess. Mm. Um, but he also gets like a bit more political, starts, I, and again, it kind of tied into where I was in my life in that um, first album, I'm kind of, my whole world is my mates at school and what we're all up to. And by this point, you're kind of looking out a little bit more and you're seeing mm. what's going on in the world around you. And he, there's some commentary on uh, England as a country and kind of our, uh, you know, our kind of history and our past and our heritage and how some people kind of revel in that and some people are kind of a bit embarrassed by that he's got the line which is two world wars one world cup yeah screamed by the desperate divided crutch used to have an empire then we grew up lost everything who gives a fuck it's like that's really really intelligent and insightful and but it yeah it kind of totally again coincided with um how i was feeling um and yeah just genius and it's just a great tune. It's just a, a, a song that you can bounce around to. Um, and it's the song directly after Emily's Heart as well. Oh, perfect. Didn't even do that on purpose. <laughs> uh, so let's have a little listen. This is Chakademus. A lot of people around here Lost the whites in their eyes I see the lust inside your heart So why you go and touch the sky? With the head, argue with a gut Drive through the little door open It might encourage customers And I wish the bar made shut Look like shit, down on my luck Two world wars and one world cup Screamed by the desperate divided crutch Used to have an empire then we grew up Lost everything, who gives a fuck? Money in a jukebox, rocks all night Same shit bands, too much hype Everyone knows everyone sees fights Everyone drinks in the corner, right? Everyone knows I see blood types Same we match and match the light I love her, she loves me too That's why we get together a lot of people around here I lost the white in their eyes I see the lust inside your heart And I don't want it to touch the sky He's busy for Lizzie, I'm dizzy Generally scapegoated by a girl befriending me Not that I care, it's the only use of me She bounce off walls through doors that tend to be Everything I want to be and everything less I scared this, scared the part of his dress Heavy and heavy on your lungs you're leaving alone, but you came together. Who made the sun turn stormy weather? Leaving alone, but you came together. Who made the sun turn a tiny weather? A lot of people around here I lost the white. Man in every coward, I was kind of impressed by the way she dressed. I scoured this land, I found a girl empowered. Asked her again why her heart turned sour. One of the ones that the boys devoured. If you're gonna learn a song, gotta sing along. There's an English man in every coward. I got money in the jukebox, what's so nice? Same shit, brands, too much hype. Everyone knows the best is fights. Everyone drinks on the corner, right? Everyone knows the sea blood tides. Same we match and match the light. Well, I love her, she loving me too. That's why we got together. 
that was Jamie T with Checker Demas, and it was great to hear that again, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. There's so many lines which are the ones where you and your mates say it with the same intonation that he does, and you kind of yeah. point at each other and smile <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you both know how he's going to do it. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just so good. And I on the last album, obviously, we pointed out some others that we'd say are notable tracks, but I really, really do come back to the fact that this one is just a go the whole way through. Yeah. Should we do two each? Just, just. Yeah, check why not? Them out. Um, I mean, the man's machine is yeah. incredible. Amazing start to that track. Yeah. Uh, Earth, wind, and fire. Yeah. Castro dies. I absolutely loved. Yeah. Julie Armine. Yeah. I mean, it's all, it's all just brilliant. <laughs> we, we just do the rest. the whole thing. <laughs> um, so yeah, this absolutely mega album that was huge again uh, within my peer group, and I think it did pretty well generally speaking. Uh, got to number two in the album charts, mm. which I know whether you use charts anymore or even back then as kind of measures of how successful something was I'm not so sure I think back then you do more than you do now yeah. Yeah. but either way big and he's a star and then silence and then silence I think within this period the first news that I had of Jamie T since the sec- since the second album kind of finished and that had washed not washed up but that yeah. had ended was that I think he cancelled a tour yeah um and that was the first time i'd really known about issues that might have caused this what was a four or five year uh, uh absence yeah from album to album was almost five years exactly mm. um but there was obviously kind of the the latter kings and queens like promotion i think i saw him at reading that summer yeah um and a few other things so he wasn't kind of put the album out and disappear off the face of the earth no, but no. for about four years jamie was just gone and gone in a way where no one knew there was no kind of statement no. released by his uh label or agent or anything like that there was uh no social media activity no website updates just just silence um mm. and earlier today i was looking through twitter at, during this period and it's just tweet after tweet of where's jamie t we need Jamie T back. What's happened to him? Is he alive? Like, just no one has a clue. Um, and what's what was actually really cool about doing that was just looking at everyone's like uh, profile pictures as you go down is you realise how many different groups were massively into him. You've got like the very kind of um, sort of towny kind of Nike Adidas clad, um, you know, kind of kids. Mm. Then you've got like the really really indie kids, like some emo kids, like all all the different groups and all the different kind of people who generally wouldn't come together over a musical artist at all mm. were all kind of longing for some more Jamie T. I think it shows, one, how diverse his appeal is, but two, how just kind of having um, having so many genres kind of pulled together all people and it made him kind of this unifying force. Um, but yeah, he was gone. He was gone from our lives. Mm. Um, so the next I heard for him was pretty much a full four years later when a track emerged by tim timebomb um which was a cover of rancid's wrongful suspicion um and it i must have i don't know got it through some music blog or something like that because it wasn't a big single it wasn't a didn't have a video it wasn't anything like that but jamie t is very much singing on it and i'd like to play a little bit of it now just so we can kind of feel the joy of hearing his voice again. Just imagine four years since one of your favourite artists has disappeared off the face of the earth. It's like, 
Oh, he's still alive and he is still going. So, uh, yeah, this is a little bit of wrongful suspicion. Well, I heard them fly a Confederate flag. Down at the state house. Got a gun to my head from the hand of the man. Down at the state house. Well, they're reaching for a dollar in the hole in my pocket. Down at the state house. They say I got rights, I really shouldn't knock it. Down at the state house. What can we do? 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 Broken bones, broken rules. They can all be fixed. And that was done with the Tim Timebomb is uh it's Tim Armstrong. And around that time he started saying that he was working with Jamie. This was kind of the first news we'd ever got that he, there was a new album in the works. Um, he said he's, he was talking about how he's nearly got a new album done, he's got a new lineup uh, in his band, and it's all sounding great, and there is something coming. And obviously, inevitably, at that point, the excitement starts to build a little bit. It's yeah. like, right, we've got, we've got some news. Um, but it's still nearly a full 20 months later <laughs> that we're finally served up record number three, um, which... Well, we should talk a little bit about where he went first before going on to the album. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> um, well, I don't personally know. Um, but we had basically been told that he very much struggled with anxiety. Yeah. Uh, and obviously that comes in forms of performance anxiety and things. Yeah. And this is where I heard that um, a tour got cancelled and it might have been after the uh, second album tour so maybe the festivals and things around that I just I just know there was definitely something I probably should have researched into that but I guess when you go back and you start to listen to some songs and things there is a side to him that he, he does he doesn't quite hide it necessarily um, but he's he states a lot that uh, he didn't think was right to talk about those kind of issues at that time. Well, he or did that it, it or that yeah. he didn't think people wanted to hear it. Yeah, he did it in a kind of kind of covert cover. He did it in kind of covert ways, didn't he? Because on the first album, there's a track which has some kind of found footage of as kind of uh, self help advice yeah. about people suffering with panic attacks mm. um, and how they should be able, they feel they should be able to um, cope with them and. Uh, the tools are within you or whatever it says um, so he was kind of leaving these little nuggets about how he was feeling but yeah it again I suppose it kind of um, ties in with the idea of kind of teenage bravado you know he mm. was the fun wide boy he wasn't the guy who talks about well, depression that, that's and... exactly it and I think that is it's it's funny enough that the, the, the years that I grew closer to his music were the years that he wasn't actually bringing any out Yeah, because you you kind of hear those kind of stories and as somebody that does kind of suffer from anxiety and performance anxiety and things like that suddenly you see a hero of yours who creates great music that you didn't think maybe would suffer with those kind of things you realise that they do and with what they've achieved and what they probably have coming and the the tours they've done and the, yeah. the like headline shows they've done and then you learn that they're also just a bit like you and they're nervous and they're you know they are crippled with anxiety when it comes to performing and showing themselves and stuff like that and then you know as it as comes as it comes with music showing yourself and putting yourself into your art is incredibly you have to be very 
uh, what's the word? You've got to be resilient as much as anything. You've got to be kind yeah. of ready to put yourself out there. Um, yeah. Yeah, he kind of basically talks about a crisis of confidence um, and said, there's a quote where he said, uh, I always knew what I wanted to say, but I struggled at points to write anything I'd deem releasable. And it's like, you know, I think by this point he had such a hardcore group of fans that we would have loved to have heard heard anything he had to say but I suppose um, I suppose it becomes difficult to know what to do next when you've you've absolutely knocked out of the park with your first two records and you're struggling a bit within yourself it's like yeah, I, think I can it, understand how you just seize up completely under that the pressure battle, it's amazing when you're going through that kind of stuff what you forget you know yeah. you can be told by all of your friends and family that they love what you do and that, that you couldn't put a foot wrong and it's great and then when it comes to actually showing work or showing something you're doing, yeah, it's it's you know there's times when even I've put something out and people have said they loved it. I don't believe them and I hate and I hate it and I take it down and it's just gut wrenching because yeah. you know that you're your worst enemy. Yeah, because I think I think it, what it shows deep down is that uh, artistic endeavour it doesn't really matter what other people think. No, like it, you've got to feel good about it. And if you don't, then there's no hope of it, it doing anything. Doesn't matter what yeah, anyone yeah. else thinks, yeah. Um, but he did come back eventually, and we got album number three, "Carry On the Grudge." Um, the lead single from it was called "Don't You Find," which was this dark, moody little number, yeah. um, which in some ways was a perfect way to come back, but in some ways a really odd way because it wasn't a kind of big announcement. It wasn't even a particularly Jamie T track. It just had this like cool little boom 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 like tiny yeah. little guitar line in it um and yeah it was quite a simple a simple track yeah with, with lots of like nice layers and things and have you seen the video to that i have yeah yeah that's it's a, quite dark yeah quite bleak yeah. um bleak yeah very much so but yeah and then and then the whole album came and uh, and it was a record that had kind of a lot of the old Jamie T spirit in it. There's a few tracks which were really upbeat, but also um, a new feeling of kind of introspection a little bit, mm. I would say, and a little bit of darkness. The the song that I, is my favourite from the record and is the one I would like to play. I'm going to jump ahead of you here, Harry, and I'm going to go first here. No worries. Um, it's called The Prophet. Um, Good. One, I love it because uh, it's just a great, great tune. Two, there's kind of... Again, talking about, you know, I keep on saying it, but moving to different stages of your life, he's talking about how, like, uh, his landlord's, like, trying to fuck him over and stuff like that. Um, you know, he's grown up, he's got different uh, concerns, and I've grown up with him. I'm I'm renting my own flat at this point. I'm feeling like I'm getting mugged off by my uh, landlord. Yeah. You know, again, it, it, it just kind of, I, in some ways, I couldn't have been luckier to have been the perfect age for each Jamie T record. Um, but also, he um, he does hint at where he's been over the last few years, mm. Uh it, just before one of the choruses he says um, I don't ask the questions I don't write the rules I'm up for suggestions I'll follow you through it can't be any worse than what I've been up to it can't be any worse than what I've been up to and it's like yeah not giving too much mm. but you know just saying it hasn't all been fun I didn't just put out a couple of records make a load of money disappear get pissed for three years and party and now I'm back because I need a bit more cash it's like yeah I've been having a difficult time um and I'm prepared to not necessarily go all into it, but I'm prepared to give you just a little bit about uh, what I've been struggling with. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I love this tune. I can't wait to play it. This is Jamie T with The Prophet. 
There's fire in her eyes in the altercation She blames her poverty on her parents' generation She says they snitch her out the nose Now they want our payments It's fucking cold in here The landlord's trying to make us vagrants And Jackie, a whiskey buddy, hits him with an iron fist The landlord goes down swinging while you drink your buddy's piss I don't know what to do now that I'm definitely on a list I just sit back and brew with Coca-Cola communists I'm glad you came and turned up next to me Like a grenade with a pit out at the party You're like a fucking hurricane next to me There's fire on the fringe, we're all them down, down I think she lost her looks to the beauty and terror She says her friends are fighting in the fairest of weather She asked me, is it painless? Am I humoring the brainless? Be young and drunk and all fucked up and been in entertainment I don't ask the questions, I don't write the rules I'm up for suggestions, I will follow you through It can't be any worse than what I've been up to It can't be any worse than what I've been up to I'm glad you came and turned up next to me Like a grenade with a pit out at the party You're like a fucking hurricane next to me There's fire on the fringe, we're all them down, down I don't know what it is that you're doing to me I haven't cracked a smile since 93 She says a pretty dull, dull place to be No shit, shut up, shooting down, down, down I don't ask the questions, I don't write the rules I'm up for suggestions, I will follow you It can't be any worse than what I've been up to It can't be any worse than what I've been up to I don't ask the questions, I don't write the rules I'm up for suggestions, I will follow you through It can't be any worse than what I've been up to It can't be any worse than what I've been up to Glad you came and turned up next to me Like a grenade with a pin out at the party You're like a fucking hurricane next to me There's fire on the fringe, we're all them down, down I don't know what it is that you're doing to me I haven't cracked a smile since 93 There's a pretty dull, dull place to be No shit, shut up Shooting down, down, down
prophet harry where would you like to take us through this wonderful record uh well now we are down this rabbit hole oh i'm gonna play jamie t's rabbit hole um i really like this track um because it's actually a bit of a a running theme with him there's a little bit in this where it says like an SA-80 my baby saved me yeah an SA-80 from what I know is an assault rifle and I feel like he talks about guns quite a bit yeah like shooting himself in the head I mean you, you the opening track to all Jamie T is about burning himself up in the head but instead he bought a bass guitar yeah so even from the very first lyrics he's kind of very much mentioning I'm in a bad place but I'm going to put it into my music yeah because I think he uses it as like a dramatic end to stuff like that's the it's about that kind of being on the on the edge I suppose Emily's heart again the one you just picked it's got kind of gun imagery um, in it and this I think it's I like this song because it's very much down to interpretation I like a song that sounds like a love song but very much also if you really read it really go into it it's actually not yeah so there's themes and there's elements of it talking about a girl talking about this but really it's going a lot deeper than that let's just play the track and we'll let people decide what they think it means and that but i very much love the chorus to this as well cool. it does it does what he does where he just kind of wordless vocals lots of da da di da do la di da di da all that yeah, kind of stuff he does do that yeah quite regularly throughout the stuff <laughs> it's, it's brilliant it's always dropped time. in it's amazing yeah uh, so yeah, this is a rabbit hole by Jamie T. Sold to a bit, then hit by a buyer. Lift the lid on a kiss, stick the piss in the tire. Paris said she did on the hand. She'll always let you down when she knows that she can't wear. S-A-A-T, my baby saved me Then played me and jammed in the sand Well, uh, like a S says she tried to correct me She meant to protect me but only betrayed me Now, you're too proud to call Guess I never knew you well Stupid old, I got high Tonight high Lally-assy chips and stumbles Ghosty Alice in the palace to crumble
up in his head Smirching not the same person that I grew up with Not the same person I met Said who noticed the problems Jennifer in his head I swear she's not the same person that I grew up with She's not the same person I left I said who noticed the problems Jennifer in his head I swear she's not the same person that I Rabbit Hole by Jamie T. Uh, I don't know, if, don't know who Jennifer Bennett is. I don't no. know what's wrong with her head. Um, She's not the same person that he grew up with, though. No, Evidently. Absolutely not. Um, yeah, one of them tracks, isn't it? He's just like, I want to delve into what that all means. Yeah. Because it could mean absolutely nothing to do with what I think. Yeah. And there's a bit of aggression there, in, I think, um, yeah. that maybe wasn't quite as uh, present all the time on kings and queens for sure Mm. a few other tracks on there obviously Zombie was a a big hit um, and a song again that we both love I feel like that was in there as his like oh you know me as Jamie T from the old days here's that for you yeah it really was I think that was a crowd pleaser for sure but again it had the the kind of um, little look into how he was feeling at the time called Mm. himself a sad sad post teen Uh, you know that is is kind of where where he'd moved on to Um, possibly and yeah, that I think I'm right in saying that that summer, the following summer, you saw him at Glastonbury and Zombie was a big, big, oh, big yeah. crowd pleaser. It was a massive crowd pleaser. And of course, he played things like Sheila and that, which people hadn't heard for many, yeah. many a year. So it was it was really good for, for me, my, the first time I'd seen him. Yeah. Uh, and I was with some people that were fans of him as well. So it was a real moment. And he played Pelican with the Maccabees as well. Yeah. That I cried throughout the whole thing. Um, <laughs> that was one that I was so unbelievably jealous. Yeah, I mean, that was whenever a really you're not, good lineup. Whenever you're not at Glastonbury and your friends are at Glastonbury, it's annoying enough anyway. But yeah. uh, I really wanted to be watching Jamie T that night. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gutting. It was you. wicked. So, you've <laughs> seen, you was. saw him when you were like 16. Yeah, I've seen great. him a few times. Um, so no, calm down. But yeah, not not a Glastonbury though. You Glastonbury's just something there, else. Um, and he he had his like long green coat on, didn't he? Yeah. And like yeah, oh, he just looked and he looked cool. cool. Like yeah. he had kind of longer hair, slick back kind of thing. Yeah. And... Oh, he's all, he's cool, isn't he? He's a wicked guy. <laughs> right. So we're gonna move on to his latest album, which it's funny the history of Jamie T because you've got these gaps between albums which you've totally got a perception of how long they were or weren't mm. um, in my mind the gap between uh, Carry On The Grudge and Trick which is the record that came next is about a few weeks like, <laughs> <laughs> that's what it feels like to me it was like oh it's been two months and the new album's out yeah I mean yeah. it was almost exactly two years yeah. the 29th of September 2014 was Carry On The Grudge and the 2nd of September 2016 trick came out but 
Um, I, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was that we'd waited so long for Carry On The Grudge that I just assumed there was going to be a longer wait. Maybe it was that, uh, you know, he went off and toured that record and it was it was big and he was still kind of very present in my mind when a new record was already coming round. Mm. Um, but yeah, it felt like, oh my God, he's rushed this one out. How's yeah. he managed to do that? Um, and it was a real, real bonus. But when you, well, I guess when you think about it, probably just lots of tracks that he had written anyway or yeah. Yeah, at least that he had ideas for and also that he's he's got something out the juices are flowing you yeah, know you're yeah. ready two years is you know two years is almost two to three years is kind of standard for how long it takes a band in their full flow to kind of release the next record yeah. so he's very much back yeah and I would yeah and I would like to think that um, you know, I don't know if this is the case obviously you'd have to ask Jamie himself but I would like to think that a lot of those kind of anxieties and uh stresses that he found around performing once he had seen the reception that he got when he came back and how how loved he was and um you know hope i would like to think that that had kind of built him up a mm. bit and helped him to be able to go and do another one um and get out there again um it was also the only album that has come out whilst we've had a podcast yeah i know interesting did we talk about it we did absolutely Good. um it was certainly one of our musical highlights of the week i remember it well of course um and I believe the song we played was Tesco Land, which, again, is a, a step even further, I suppose, into the more kind of political commentary. Mm. It's funny because he's always... Someone like Billy Bragg has always been a bit of a kindred spirit of Jamie Dean, a champion of him. Yeah. But I think on this record, he maybe started talking about those more kind of politicised issues uh, that make him more similar to a, an artist like Billy Bragg. Mm. Um and again, it's just another step in his kind of maturing as an artist. Yeah, I think as well with with Trick, it seemed like I we we kind of talked about it earlier today that Carry on the Grudge was his I'm back kind of records, and Trick was a little bit more I'm back to my best kind of record. Yeah, like it was. It was a little bit like the first and second, how he released something that was a bit more polished and a bit more ready. And not that Carry On The Grudge was, you know, badly done or anything, yeah. but this had tracks on it where I was like, this is Jamie T. This is this is kind of first, second album Jamie T now. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to actually play a track called Crossfire Love, which for me is like epitomises why I think that about this album. Nice one. Let's have a let's have a listen to it. Let's play it. Crossfire Love, Jamie T. This is out to the lost she's parted to the doom and the blue boys to the tell BJB and Kelly to Bingle and all the kids for you. And to all of the friendly faces And to all of the family ties And to all of my enemies Hate you to stand here and watch you with that eyes Got rapping, got stuck on a 
page and arrange in my blood Everywhere I went they stared so I looked Went over the hills and far away Ended up alone in no manner of place Ended up alone with only my face Looking in the mirror to recognise Jay's Got pills in the pocket and time to waste Shitload of problems in my mind to A tick and a bick and a violent shade To get grits and fits and minor breaks And I looked up for faith then Fell down a break Spent a lot of time battling Haggling the matter with the devil I made best especially with the rang bada boom and crash bang well up yeah boom that kind of stuff and i think that might be the first time i've really sat there and read the lyrics while i'm listening to the song and i'm like jesus i think that's actually quite a dark track yeah i, I couldn't go into what i think it means right now um <laughs> But it, it even sounds like he might have lost people within that time he was away, or maybe before that. Because I think that's the thing with Jamie T. Like, he he does say a lot. He's he talks. He's very observational with his lyrics, but um, you never really get close to him. 
You yeah. never quite know his story. Uh, unless you really delved in there, you you know somebody personal to him. You you never quite get under the under his skin enough to know, yeah, really what he's been through. But he does allude to it a lot in every track. Everything goes back to a certain time. But I don't know. Did he lose a parent? Did he? Does he talk about guns because something happened in his life with it? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, think about it forever. Totally. And I'm gonna kind of go off the back of that with my uh, pick from this record because. Uh, my my favourite song from it is called Power Over Men which in yeah. some ways is a, a, one of the more classically Jamie T tracks but what I like about it is that it appears on face value as it's kind of about you know a, a woman a kind of uh, this mysterious figure who has people kind of falling at her feet and um, you know can kind of get them to do whatever she wants but I've never I've never really felt that it's actually about a person or about yeah. a woman at all I don't know if it's about like alcohol or drugs or anything like that or something completely different. It's very kind of elusive and evasive what he's actually talking about. Um, but it just stirs up this imagery of, um, of yeah, like something that's very powerful in his life and like having a big influence on him and on people he's seeing around him. Um, yeah, it's a really, really cool and clever track, I think. Um, and it's exactly that. It's about kind of keeping you guessing and keeping you on your toes. Mm. And I think... Uh, the more and more he's gone on, the more we've seen that in his lyrics. Um, and again, it like the one you just picked, it's a more it's a more complex uh, instrumentation than we've seen from him. He's he's growing, and he's you feel he's developing as an artist. Um, mm. You know, it's hard to imagine something like brand new bass guitar being on these later records. Not that I wouldn't love a new, another track like that, which is kind of underproduced and scratchy. But he's you know the the transition. It's actually the scratchiest version of that he ever done. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really like this one. So uh, let's give it a little whirl. It's called nice. Power Over Men. In the square, I waited for
Overmen from Trick. And is there anything else from that record you'd like to quickly shout out, Harry? We were just mentioning off mic uh, the opening track, Tim Fall Boy, which is heavy, uh, and Drone Strike, which is strange. Um, There's all sorts in there. It's, it goes back to his kind of really varied roots. You've got some which almost sound like grime tracks. You've got yeah. very kind of punky ones again. Um, some really heavy, heavy stuff. Um, loads in there. So much to dig into. I think probably probably his most like textured and layered piece of work to date. Yeah. Um, and that kind of brings us to the present day. We are now... We're almost in September 2018, so on his... He's done September 2014, September 2016. We are due, potentially, and another... It's been two years, yeah. Yeah, another Jamie T album. I don't believe there's one on the horizon anytime, particularly soon. Um, it's it's bringing out a little kind of EP of, of bonus and um, B-sides and things can either mean, here's a little taster, I've got something coming up. Or it could just mean nothing's coming, so yeah. here's some stuff I found. Let me work for another year or so. Yeah. I uh, my guess is it's probably the latter. Yeah. Um but whatever happens next, we can't wait to hear it. Hopefully, if you're a Jamie T fan, uh, you've enjoyed us kind of rambling our way through his career. And if you're not, hopefully this has been like a cool um introduction to the man himself. Yeah. Uh I I just think whatever whatever comes next, it's gonna be exciting. It's gonna be inventive and interesting he's one of those artists that doesn't stand still ever Mm. um and that's what makes him great we're gonna thank you guys so much for tuning in Mm -hmm. so it's probably been a long one so an even bigger thank you than normal um and we will see you again next week we're gonna go out with the quintessential jamie t-track really it's the one that plays at a silent disco it's the floor filler and it's the one that every single person listening is gonna sing at the top of their lungs um it's a classic it's Sheila I've been Tim I've been Harry this has been Trax and we'll see you next week bye bye everyone Sheila goes out with her mate Stella it gets poured all over her fella cause she says man he ain't no better than the next man kicking up fuss drunk she stumbles down by your river screams calling London none of us heard her coming I guess the carpet weren't rolled out Enough.
none of us heard her coming Guess the carpet weren't rolled out So this is a short story about the girl Georgina Never seen a worse, a clean young mess Under stress at best, but she pleased to see her With love, God bless, we lay her body to rest Now it all did started with daddy's alcoholic Lightweight chicken down, numbing his brain And the doctor said he couldn't get the heart near started Now beat up, drugged up, she feeling a strain She says, when I fall, no one catch me Alone, lonely, I love her, don't slowly get scared I'll scream and shout But you know it won't matter, she'll be passing out I said kickity biggity up for just another day Another sad story, let's charge a day Paramedic announced death for 10 for 80 Rip it up, kick it, to spit up the views Sheila goes out with her mate Stella It gets poured all over her fella Cause she says man he ain't no better Than the next man kicking up puffs Drunk she stumbles down by a river Screams calling London None of us heard her coming I guess the carpet weren't rolled and Sheila goes out with her mate Stella It gets pulled all over her fella Cause she says man he ain't no better Than the next man kicking up us Drunk she stumbles down